0: smart Smartcast. you are listening to a mint production brought to you by HD smartcast hi this is Namrita Patel from Mint's personal finance team and in this episode of why not mint money we will talk about how you should plan your finances in the current market scenario yes we all get tips and advice from friends family and acquaintances and take ad-hoc investment decisions. But what does a financial planner and investment advisor recommend we do in today's market environment? We have with us today Vishal Dhawan, a certified financial planner and founder and CEO of Plan Ahead Wealth Advisors.
1: Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey.
0: Hi Vishal, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you Namrata. it's a pleasure being here.
0: Welcome to this episode Vishal. So Vishal, there seems to be a lot of noise in the markets. Inflation, recession, bear markets, Fed rate hike. Investors are concerned about so many things and really don't know how to approach their investment. As a financial planner, what is your advice to investors?
1: So we think that uh, it's very, very important to be able to understand what's happening in the macro environment so that you're not caught completely unawares, but also be very, very focused on your own financial plan or your family's financial plan, rather than over focusing on the macro environment. Essentially, when you look at your entire financial plan, it has a few components in it. Number one is your income. I think the question that you need to be able to ask out there is that because of everything that's happening in the macro environment today, What's the likely impact that I'm gonna see on my income? For example, is inflation likely to mean that my salary raises or my bonuses are gonna be higher than what they used to be in the past? Or are they gonna remain at the same level? Or do I see that in the industry that I am, there are gonna be cost cuts which will happen because maybe the input costs in my industries have gone up, my industry have gone up significantly. And therefore, I might actually have to deal with a lower salary increase than normal. So I think you need to look at the income side very, very carefully, both for yourself as well as your spouse, if um, he or she is also working. The second thing you need to look at is what happens to my expenses in this kind of an environment. Very clearly, one of the big triggers for high inflation has been high oil prices. And you can already see that petrol prices as well as food prices in India, have gone up very significantly. If you have costs which are happening overseas, let's say you were planning travel overseas, a rupee that has weakened could make your expenses a little higher than what you had budgeted for. So you need to look at the expense piece very carefully to see what might be changes that are gonna happen as far as your expenses are concerned. The third thing you need to do is look at the impact on your EMIs. If you have a home loan or a car loan or any other loan, especially if the loan is designed in a floating rate structure. Uh, Because with increasing interest rates, there is every likelihood that you will see either a higher EMI or a higher tenure of your loan in case you keep the EMI constant. Uh, Look at your financial goals very carefully. For example, if you were planning to send a child to study overseas, uh, you could find that the way the rupee has depreciated could mean that your, your financial plan undergoes a change simply because you need more money if you haven't factored for it earlier. And then, of course, you come to your investment piece, which could either have got impacted significantly if you had a lot of exposure to equities, or it could be impacted lesser if your portfolio had most of its exposure to bonds, fixed deposits, um, etc. So I would say that you would need to take a very, very uh, specific and personalized approach to what to do in this environment, rather than taking an approach which is generically what you read about or what your colleague in office is doing or what your neighbor in your apartment complex is doing i think it needs a very very specific response to what you want to do going forward
0: right that's a very good way of looking at it and so then how would you you know recommend an asset allocation and diversification for investors how should they look at
1: so it's very common uh, during these periods especially to look at the more immediate past and try to make decisions based on that. So, for example, if you look at 2022 so far, you might find that Indian equities, for example, have um, you know, fallen lesser than global equities. Or you might find that a fixed deposit has actually done better than a bond because interest rates have been going up. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when you start to project forward, it's very natural due to a recency bias to want to go out and load your portfolio and tilt your asset allocation either towards India on the equity side or towards fixed deposits or fixed deposit kind of instruments on the debt of fixed income side. Our view is that this could be a very, very big mistake because one of the things that tends to happen is that there could be leads and lags in terms of correction. So for example, what may have happened is inflation may have been a bigger concern in the international markets first and may have become a concern only more recently in India and therefore you could have seen equity markets internationally correct earlier as compared to what they are correcting uh, in India. Vice versa if you know that inflation is is a big challenge going forward being in fixed deposits can make you feel comfortable because your nominal capital doesn't go down but the real value of your money is reducing automatically because of inflation. So We do believe that these are great times for you to go back and ask yourself, saying that, what was my asset allocation really like before all of these events happened? If you were tilted too much towards equity because you were following the herd and chasing market returns because equities have done very well uh, post the infusion of capital uh, globally after COVID. And therefore, after these market corrections, you have only sort of normalized your asset allocation, then we think you should do nothing about it. However, if you feel that you never wanted so much equity in the first place at all, and it is just that you were getting a little greedy, then you might have to be a little careful because market downturns can remain in place for a fairly long period of time. And therefore you want to be sure that you're not caught unaware because you have a financial goal that's coming up in the next one year. And you're hoping and assuming that in the next one year, everything normalizes. And therefore, you'll be able to take out your money at a decent value a year from today. So I would say that don't mess around too much with your asset allocation, stay with your strategic asset allocation. If you are a little concerned about what might happen with oil, for example, over the next six months, or you're a little concerned about your job, then you may decide that you wanna go temporarily, slightly underweight on growth assets. Uh, You might wanna shore up your emergency fund in that kind of a situation. But what we do not recommend is on the basis of a changing macro environment to constantly change your asset allocation because you can never get your timing into, asset, into multiple asset classes right. And most of the times you're then chasing your tail because you won't be able to buy what you wanted at a reasonable price.
0: So, would you say you should just stay put and just maintain your asset allocation or should you redeem your equity investments or should you just increase your fixed income confidence? Comp-?
1: So for most people, if they were just a little carried away with what was happening in equity markets, they would ideally need to stay invested, continue with their SIPs, avoid doing uh, anything dramatic as far as their investments are concerned. And of course, if they were underweight on their emergency fund requirements or uh, they have a bonus which has just come in, they can either use that to pay off a loan or they could use that to short up their fixed income investments.
0: Okay, right. And speaking about international equities, recently SEBI opened up international investing for mutual funds to a certain limit. How should Indian investors look at international investing, keeping in mind the major corrections most international markets have seen?
1: So uh, very clearly, our belief is that investments uh, need to be very, very well diversified geographically because one of the biggest risks that you run will always come from having all your assets in a single country and invariably for most individuals they will have uh, most of their assets in their home country for example you might have your house in india you might have your provident fund in india you might have bank deposits in india maybe some bonds um, and then you have an equity portfolio which you're also trying to tilt towards india uh, we definitely believe that it's very very sensible to have at least a portion of your money internationally and uh, Also, it helps you because we know that the Indian currency has traditionally depreciated by about 3% to 4% a year against the US dollar, which means that if you have financial goals that are global in nature, you also need protection from uh, the currency depreciation that tends to happen uh, very often. So we would definitely think that the, the temporary opening up by SEBI for international investments should be used by investors to participate in the international equity markets what may have happened is if you haven't bought international investments earlier then it's a great time because things have already corrected quite significantly of course it doesn't mean that they won't correct more you could continue to see a lot of people getting concerned with the macro views but ultimately when you are buying equities you are buying it long term ideally you're making equity investments with at least a 5-10 year view so we think that's okay if you had international investments going on earlier and had to stop them or pause them simply because of the limits getting exhausted, then this is a great time to start to do some averaging as well because you may have been buying at the higher price points and now you get a chance to buy at a lower price point as well. So we do believe that this is good news that you have a chance to now be able to participate. What we don't, of course, know is how long this window will be open. So I think investors need to look at the data on their portfolio very carefully, see how much exposure they're comfortable with internationally and then, you know, gradually enhance that international exposure.
0: Right. And with the recent sovereign gold bond offer and uh, the new category of silver ETFs being launched, what is your take on commodities and how should investors look at gold and silver as part of their portfolios?
1: So I think the sort of commodity cycle overall has been very strong in the last six months or so, and a large part of it has been led by energy and oil. In the year before that, which is 2021, we saw actually uh, metals doing really well. And our thought process has been that silver kind of commodities, especially because they have a lot of industrial use, tend to behave very similarly to how equities behave over long periods. And therefore, if you are buying silver, assuming that this is a short-term hedge against equity uncertainty, then we believe that you may be disappointed because you might find that silver actually performs similar to how your equity portfolio is performing. As far as gold is concerned, it's quite the opposite. So even in this cycle, gold has demonstrated how it can actually be a great negative protection in your portfolio because the correlation between equities and and gold is inverse. And therefore, when equities go up, gold doesn't do well. But when equities go down, gold has tended to either hold value or go up a little. So we continue to believe that investors need to have between 5 and 10% of the allocation to gold. Uh, what it does is it step, it comes in gives them protection at, at those times. And of course, again, as an Indian investor, the advantage that you have with gold is that it also protects you against a falling Indian rupee. So we would believe that if you are well allocated to equities already, you may want to give silver a skip, but definitely ensure that you have 5 to 10% gold in your portfolio.
0: Right. So Vishal, if I could summarize our entire conversation, be don't focus too much on the macro environment. Instead, understand the impact on your income, expenses and EMIs and look at your own personal financial goals and take a specific personalized approach to your investments and not just focus on the immediate past returns. And uh, another thing you mentioned was maintain your desired asset allocation instead of investing as for trending asset classes and have a small exposure to international investments and gold.
1: That's an excellent summary, Namrata. Thanks so much for putting it all together in such a simple form.
0: This was just a small summary for our, our listeners. Thank you for joining us today Vishal. Your inputs were very, very helpful.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you Vishal. That's all from today's episode of Why Not Mint Money. If you have any more questions for Vishal or like this episode, do drop in your comments on Twitter. My Twitter handle is namruta patel 06. N A M R A T A P A T E L 06. Thank you for tuning in.